You're listening to the Light Forge Podcast, the key to unlocking your arena success with your co-hosts, ADWCTA and Murps. Welcome to the Light Forge Podcast. This is Alvita. This is Murps. Hello. Uh, another week, another interesting week. Um, I will actually be talking about BGs this week, although I don't know what order you want to do this in. We actually have a lot to talk about with BGs. Now, if you're asking Murps, are you playing BGs? Hell no, I'm not playing BGs, but we do have a lot to talk about. <laughs> now, now you're definitely not playing BGs. Um, but uh, yeah, okay. I didn't know we were going to go that deep into it, but uh, yeah, let's. Uh, I have stuff to say about the, the BGs part too. Let's talk about Arena first. Nothing's changed. We're still waiting on whenever the hell the next patch comes in because the next patch will hopefully get rid of this mage thing that really should have been gotten rid of the first patch. Uh, hopefully it doesn't introduce that many new problems. Although, you know, some classes do need help, right? Like, we're not in a... This isn't, like, a perfectly balanced meta outside of mage. Um, and if you just look at it from the percentages, mage doesn't even look all that problematic. 53.3%, that's not bad at all. Uh, well, you know, this is how the mage gets to the 53.3%. That means it needs adjustment. But going down, uh, a druid is 45% win rate, which is pretty bad. But, you know, if you saw earlier, we took that thing to 12 wins. Uh, it's just, I think people play druid wrong. I don't think it's actually that bad. Uh, shaman is at 45%. I think that's actually a problem. I think Shaman's a bit weak right now. Um, I don't want it to be stronger, so I don't mind, but I can I can see that. Like I think they're definitely going to buff that, unfortunately. Uh, the, the current iteration of Shaman is just... It's terrible. Um, like it's, it's not that it's no skill. It's just that the skill gets diluted so hard because of all the RNG you have to use because that's where all of your power comes from. Um, and uh, yeah, it's it's Shaman always has this problem, but it's really amplified in this meta. So, you know, I don't mind that it's at 45%, but it'll probably be knocked up and it could be problematic. And then there's Rogue at 43% that they definitely have to pull up. Um, and Rogue could become very powerful because if you look at what the actual powerful classes are right now, outside of Mage, it's Paladin, Demon, Hunter, Warrior, and then Hunter. Priest which did not get nerfed, by the way, used to be number three and is now number six. And that happened, one, because Hunter fell. But Hunter didn't even fall super far, right? Like, as you see. Priest fell because the meta shifted like we said it would. As more and more people realize what tempo means, that the tempo is a way to win this game, all the tempo classes seem to also be doing really well. What are the tempo classes in this game? It's Paladin, Demon, Hunter, Warrior, Hunter. Uh, and, and sometimes Mage and sometimes Rogue, right? Like, But Rogue is just bad right now. And Mage is good for other reasons. Uh, possibly also Tempo. You can't tell from the stats, though. Uh, so what we were talking about before, the whole stressing on Tempo, on being Tempo possible, on making sure you don't get screwed over by all the delayed Tempo and that you use your Tempo wisely uh, and that you're pushing, we get good results. Uh, we've I've, I've gotten actually better results in this meta than probably any meta in the last year. Uh, with, with my style of play, which is just basics and fundamentals um, uh, for, for tempo. Even though this meta, if you talk to people, everyone's like, it's such a crazy meta with these wild, crazy cards. I'm like, I don't see it that way. Um, the crazy cards don't affect me because I'm playing a tempo game. Uh, and people are catching on to it and people are playing like that. And the people who play like that get success rates with the classes that do that better than the other classes. So... 
Before this patch comes in and maybe upends everything, but I don't think it will, I think this will just remain a tempo meta that has good card advantage, and if the game goes on for too long, it gets crazy. Uh, we're going to talk about the fundamental use of tempo. That's what I'm calling this topic for the arena part of uh, this discussion. Uh, and that's because we're, we're really back there. This is a continuation of last week's uh, podcast in that for whatever weird reason, and I could not have predicted this to this extent, and nobody predicted it to this extent, but we are in a meta in which the fundamentals of this game and your understanding of tempo matters more than I think at any time in the last three years of Hearthstone history, Hearthstone Arena history, which is crazy because the game did get pretty crazy and yet it all of a sudden started emphasizing this tempo game. Um, and I think that's, that's really thanks to the sets that they picked, right? Because the sets that they picked all manipulate tempo with the Corrupted, with the new set and the Infused and with all the, the endless card advantage of Skullamance. Like, it really puts tempo at the forefront of, of a lot of uh, what you can actually control uh, in this game. So, step one is just a refresher of, of, of tempo, right? Like, we haven't gotten, done a deep dive into what the hell tempo means in years. Because we just kind of assume you know what tempo means. But maybe you don't know what tempo means, or maybe you do know what tempo means, but it's always good to have a little refresher. But when we say tempo in Hearthstone Arena, what we always mean is stuff on the board. Or stuff that you have banked up that will swing on the board. Like, for example, if you have Innervate in your hand, that is tempo. Doesn't matter if it's not doing anything on the board because it's in your hand. That is tempo that you have. You just haven't used it yet. Right? If you have a card that is a 2-mana 4-4 and your opponent has a card that is a 2-mana 2-3, you have tempo over your opponent. Even if neither card has been played. So... You have tempo that's on the board, and you have tempo that's in your hand. And what this meta does a lot is it increases tempo in your hand. That's what Corrupted is. That's what Infused is, for the most part. Sometimes Infused draws cards or whatever. But you are now always in a position to manipulate tempo somehow, right? And that tempo is just this big ball of possibilities. Because tempo doesn't win you any... There's no like, oh, I have 100 tempo, you have 80 tempo, therefore I win the game. That's not how tempo works. You win the game when you get your opponent down from 30 to 0. You win the game when your opponent runs out of cards and you're the only one that can do stuff. Those are the two ways that you actually can win the game. So if, you talk, if you're like talking to someone who's from the MTG world, um, tempo means face damage. Like a fireball to the face is really good tempo. In Hearthstone Arena, nobody ever really says a fireball to the face is good tempo. We separate that out as reach. But in MTG, the concept of tempo is just ending the game faster. Whatever's ending the game faster is better tempo. If you're ending the game, you don't get to the point where your opponent has more cards and you don't have any cards and then you lose, right? So tempo in Hearthstone Arena is this big ball of possibility that can be translated into either face damage, which is that end the game concept that uh, Magic the Gathering has, or it can be transferred into card advantage, or it can be transferred into protecting your own face. But that's not a huge part of this meta, so I'm not going to go too deep into it. Um, so don't think of tempo as its own thing. Think of it as the ball of possibilities that'll get you more card advantage or more face damage. 
And what you do with your tempo when you play it, whether you go face or make the trades, determines what resource you get out of the tempo. And the fact that tempo can always get you either face damage or uh, card advantage means that you any time that you can do anything, whether it's play over tempo cards or attack face or trade, you are making a decision that basically says, do I want more face damage or do I want more card advantage? And those decisions on almost every turn or multiple times in a turn stack up until you actually get quite a bit more card advantage by playing the card advantage route or quite a bit more face damage uh, and you know putting your opponents in awkward positions or just pushing to end the game by going face. And the correct decision to do it each time is not the same. Because you can start out tempo going face because that's your plan and then realize, for example, that you actually are going to more likely win by card advantage or just that you're unlikely to win, period, but the only way you can win is card advantage and not to, uh, going to the face. And then you switch. Right? Or it's the other way. You may have a strategy that I think is an inferior strategy in this meta, but it's still a strategy and sometimes your deck just goes that way, right? Where you're trying to go for card advantage because you have these big bombs in the end because you are have a lot of taunts and you're just trying to get there, right? Like, you have the Ysera. Like, you need to get to the Ysera or else Ysera is a terrible card, I keep saying, right? Because it is. But if you have a whole strategy that is to get the Ysera and you're going to draw the Ysera at every single game at some point, then that's not a bad strategy at all. Uh, so... You could start off having get more card advantage as your strategy because you may have the Ysera, but you need to draw enough cards and extend the game more enough to get to the Ysera, right? Like, you may not just have endless card advantage. The card advantage thing is weird, right? Because if you actually have a ton of card advantage, your strategy is not, your playing strategy is not to get more card advantage because you already have infinite card advantage, right? Like, playing to get more card advantage is totally worthless. So you have to be in that middle zone where you can plausibly win the game with card advantage, but you need more. Uh, then you do the card advantage route. But even if that is your normal game plan, you could get to the point where you're like, oh no, I need to hit face. Because my opponent just like, I don't know, drew 10 cards or whatever. Like they played Yasera. Uh, all of a sudden your strategy shifts, right? Like those are the two divergent uses of tempo. And at each point, which part you take. It's just a it's usually just one binary decision, right? And then you layer risk analysis on top of it. But which part you take is hugely important to winning this meta. So the decks you draft have to be tempo possible because you can definitely draft decks in this meta that are not tempo possible. And if you have decks that are not tempo possible, then you're not going to be able to make this decision in most of your games, which means your skill is not going to have an impact in those games the same way as if you drafted a tempo possible deck. So if you're a good player, always draft a tempo possible deck. And if possible, always draft a card advantage possible deck. The, the Hunter that we were talking about last week that hasn't gone up yet but will be uh, on YouTube on Monday. Um, so that's tomorrow from when we're recording this. We were a super aggressive Hunter deck. But we won at least one game, if not two games, on card advantage. Because at a certain point... You looked at it and you're like, hey, they're legitimately more aggro than we are. And we have some good opportunities to get some card advantage here. And because we're in this meta with these cards available from Skullamance and whatever, you're going to end up with some cards in your deck that just get you more cards. So if you 
get those cards early, if you realize your opponent has played 10 cards and has played no cards that generated any extra cards, you can feel pretty good about your card advantage and you can switch in that way. But generally, like, you want to draft both tempo possible and card advantage possible. And if you're drafting tempo possible, the card advantage possible part in this meta will probably just happen naturally. But keep an eye out, right? You don't want to, like, have, like, only, like, two cards that generate or draw another card in your entire deck and five one-drops. You're committing a little too hard at that point. Um, so, yeah, so that's my that's my tips on play and draft. I think it's always the emphasis on tempo possible. And for anybody who is still wondering what that is about... Um, we're not saying that you need to put all of your chips into that basket. As in, you need to try to draft aggro. It's like, oh, should I take this Onyx Mage Scribe or should I take this Wriggling Horror? I mean, depending mm -hmm. on what your deck is, go ahead and take that Mage Scribe. It's fine. You just want to make sure that the curve fits, right? The, the mm -hmm. curve fits in order to, number one, be tempo possible. Um, and number two, just stop people like Adwokta from killing you, right? Because you will see those decks, you will see those times. Uh, or the hunters that still have like a couple of wild seeds, right? You gotta be able yeah. to fight that off. Remember, after Mage, your top three classes are Paladin, Demon, Hunter, Warrior. They are all Temple possible classes, so you're gonna face them. Yep, definitely. So, I think that this is very important, and it's, it's nice because it is skill testing, right? It's a balancing thing. If we were just telling you Dude, draft six mage scribes and draft as big as possible. You know, we're not in that, like, four mind controls beats three mind controls, you know? Like, I'm talking as if mind control is still a card. Yeah, it's not a card. <laughs> but it's definitely not that. So balance it out. You still want your draws, right? Uh, you still want your combos, but you got to be able to balance it out. And any sort of meta that requires you to balance this stuff out should be... I mean, it is skill testing. I'm not saying you won't get tilted because you're going to get hit by Sire mm -hmm. Denathria sometimes, in which there was not really much you could do. Uh, you could have won the game before turn 10. Assuming that you, like, could, right? Because sometimes you, you just can't. Because sometimes you just can't, and then the game is in play, yeah. and then... Uh, so, yeah. Yeah, but to be fair, at turn 10, Sire Daenerys is not that bad. Like... Even if they had it since their opening hand. Like, it's not that backbreaking. And if they, you know, didn't get it until halfway through the game, then it's not even good. Um, so, yeah. I mean, this is, this is, this is the meta we're, we're in. Um, I, I don't know. I can't say that I, like, super enjoy it, but I do enjoy it. I think it's an overall enjoyable meta. Um, I don't think it's overall the most enjoyable meta, but it is overall, I think, a very like relative to uh, similar to the metas we've gotten uh, since since December at least um, it's one of the higher skill metas when you have a not total trash deck and not totally amazing deck which uh, which is about as good as you're gonna get these days uh, I, like I don't see it being much better than this because if you get total trash decks it, it, it with the power differences that's going to exist in pretty much every single uh, wild uh, rotation that we see, it's just gonna suck. 
Like, that's just what's going to happen. And there will always be times where you go 0-3 or 1-3 or whatever, no matter how good of a player you are, even with the decent deck, because the swings and the craziness is just in the game now. Those cards exist, right? They're not banning all, like, I don't know, 50 cards that could cause gigantic swings in the game. Um, yep. So this is as good as it gets. I think, uh, yeah, and by as good as it gets, no, it's true, because we're going to see like it it's <laughs> it's foolhardy to believe that like they're going to take away all sire denathrius-esque mm-hmm. cards right puzzle box-esque cards in addition to um uh kind of printing more of them right like you're gonna have more sire denathrius printed that's just the way it is uh so expect that but i absolutely agree with you this is kind of the best case scenario where you have this balancing act so play it and i don't know like the advice that you always give is like just don't think about it if you get hit by sire just don't think about it right Mm -hmm. which is not the best advice but um yeah Yeah. just don't there was a there was a game uh on friday night's uh run where we got totally wrecked by Cycle of Hatred. We like played into it, and then we got totally wrecked by Cycle of Hatred. We're talking like wiped our board, wiped their board, generated like six three threes. We we lost on turn five. Like we we, we lost the game as soon as Cycle of Hatred came out. Or you know, whatever turn Cycle of Hatred comes out. Um and I was like, yep, yeah, that's the game. We made every correct move, including playing really hard into Cycle of Hatred, because given our deck. And given the cards that we had in our hand, there was no way to play around Cycle of Hatred and stand a good chance of winning. And the chances that our opponent had Cycle of Hatred at that turn was low. That is not a 50% chance. That is not even a 25% chance. That was like a 15% chance at best. And that means every Demon Hunter we face, we will have a 15% chance to lose on the spot on the turn Cycle of Hatred can't come out. And that's just the game. So when these things happen, don't one start playing around Cycle of Hatred, uh, at least not uh, you know at any cost to your game plan. Uh, but also don't get tilted by it. Like just move on. This is it's not just just, free just don't right? get tilted. Just just yeah, don't get just don't tilted. Because you know beforehand, this isn't like like I think I get tilted way more by things that I don't know coming beforehand, with the exception of Mothership. Um, it's just like, oh my god, how could they have possibly done that? What the heck, what am I supposed to do? But if it's like, kind of like a bug in the game almost, that you know they're not even going to fix because it's just part of the game, you're like, okay, that's just what it is. They play this, they win. Uh, Mothership was especially tilting because I thought it was a bug they should have fixed. And they kept repeatedly not fixing it for a bit. Um, until they eventually fixed it, and then eventually the pool got diluted. Like I said, I don't even think Mothership in a lot of metas is anywhere near that bad. It was just that first meta when they had only strong mechs. It was just like, ah, oh, this card, this card is super overpowered, and it was like everywhere. It had an offering bonus. Anyway, um, if you see freeze mages do freezy stuff, don't get tilted, you're gonna lose. Uh, sometimes you win, right? They're not 100%. There's some RNG involved. Sometimes you luck out. Sometimes you have the perfect draw. Sometimes they, like, miss their turn four, right? Or whatever. <laughs> and you just, you win. Uh, but you're going to lose most of the time, but it's fine. If you uh, get wrecked by the ridiculous stuff that you're like, I guess they have a 15% chance of having it, but I can't possibly get a read on it or do anything intelligent about it. And if they have it, they win. Let them win. You know what happens if you lose 15% of your games in the arena? 
I don't do the math, but I'm pretty sure you're going to average like 10, 12 wins? You may average 12 wins. I don't know. Um, you're going to average a very high win rate if you only lose 15% of the times. And 15% is about the ridiculous non-mage stuff that you that, that you know you could potentially see for each card. Um, so that's not your problem, right? Like, yes, it's affecting this run's win rate, but on your overall win rate, those cards and those times when it happens, that that 15% subtraction uh, compared to like a perfectly skilled game or whatever, or like a moderately skilled game with only variances that are acceptable to skilled players, it's it's not that big of a deal. Um, like, think about think about it this way: back in the day when there were like let's say a quarter of the amount of uh, of these kinds of cards, a quarter, just a quarter. Um, the top players got, what, like nine wins per run? Like, literally top leaderboard players, which means that they probably got eight, or eight, let's just say eight and a half wins per run. Um, if they were, for their non-leaderboard ones, right? Because the leaderboard always spikes high. Because it's your top 30 runs. Uh, you know what, let's just say eight wins. Let's just say eight wins, if you just play the top classes. Be really conservative about it. Um, now, we're going to subtract it, not by 15%, but let's subtract it by like 12%, because there was ridiculous stuff before, too. So we're going to multiply that by 0.88. So you should now be able to win 7 wins per run. The best players used to be able to win 8, now they can win 7. That's, that's fine. Like, I don't know. If I'm getting 7 wins per run, I'm not unhappy. Uh, I'm not saying this game has no skill whatsoever, right? I mean, no skill whatsoever would be like a little over 3 wins per run. Because you just take away all the times your opponent's DC on you or whatever. Um, but like seven wins per run, that's that's still quite skilled. Your skill is still making a, a quite significant impact. You just gotta write it off. I agree. I think uh, I think th it's pretty consistent with what we've been talking about. And, and honestly, I think we're just waiting for a change to happen, right? Like yeah. something to happen um, because they didn't change enough. As in, mm -hmm. uh, mages are a little bit still annoying. Can we just get the location gone? <laughs> like we just need the location gone. It is one of the most infuriating cars to play against. Period in the history mm. of arena. Um, as in, they d drop it on turn three, and you guys saw during what my first stream back in like months. Uh, I mean, I was playing rogue, which is the worst class, right? So look, a lot of things are going to beat me. Uh, we still got to six wins. It was fine, but. Uh, a mage drops it on turn three. I'm like, okay, we lost. It's not hyperbole. We just lose, right? Because mm -hmm. I'm trying to play aggressive. And what's well, what's even more important is if you're talking about a tempo possible meta, that card single-handedly locks it down. Uh, yeah. And that just really sucks. What, that card makes any tempo possible deck tempo impossible. Right. Whenever you are trying to do something like that, uh, that just really sucks. It's kind of the same reason that Watch Post was removed, and it was so oppressive. Um, you know, with Watch Post, you could, quote-unquote, remove it, uh, but not really. Like, 5 health on turn 3, or even later on, 5 health is pretty annoying. Um, and it... Like, Watch Post, at least you could remove. Here, what are you going to do? You, you got the 4-drop that kills the location? No, you're not going to have that. Mm -hmm. uh, so you just let it happen, right? And if the response is, well, okay, just kill them, you can't. Like, that's what the location does. It prevents, yes. it prevents the opponent from killing you. It, it slows down the game by so many, so many turns. It's not possible uh, at that time. So 
I really do think that, look, I, I know people have complained about like this card or that card or whatever. I think the mage location fits a lot of the criteria that we have seen for banned cards. So Blizzard, if you're out there, you're probably not listening to this, but please, <laughs> please take it away. I think it would just be uh. very, very helpful. Um, mages can be strong in other ways. Mages winning through Puzzle Box is so much more acceptable than mages mm. winning through the location. Yeah. Uh, the priest location is also bad, but at least you get to play the game. Like, the win rates of the priest location versus their other top cards is about as bad as the Mage Nightcloak Sanctum over their top cards. Not really, because you can't really count, like, Deathborn as an okay card or really Puzzle Box as a remotely okay card. So Nightcloak Sanctum is at 63.7% win rate, and I'm going to take... I'm going to take Code Case as their first amazing card that should be, like, not removed from the game. That's at 60%. So they're 3.7% over what should be basically allowed. And Priest, Cathedral of Atonement, is at 58.7%. And their first card that should be allowed to be in the game is probably Draconic Studies at 56.8%. Uh, so that's 2%. Um, so that's not, uh, it, it, it's more, it's more a feeling thing for me, for Mage. It's just, between that and Deathborn, it just feels so bad. But the location, when it drops on three, is incredibly toxic. You do just lose the game. Um, and I think they have to nerf it. I don't care if this is the set for locations and they want to promote locations. That's not a, it's just not an okay card to have in the arena. And it has... Like like Murps was saying, right? It's not even about how powerful it is. It's about what it does to you. Like, and what it does to you is just not what we should allow in the arena. You can't have a single card be Freeze Mage. Uh, it's two things. It's what it actually does, the disproportionate impact that it has for its mana cost, um, and it's mm -hmm. about how it makes people feel, right? And mm -hmm. Blizzard has, like, you kind of have to hit all of these things, um for example the um what was it the hunter mount right like that yeah. didn't even hit as many buckets or like check marks as this card does because mm -hmm. it's not something that is automatically on turn three oh i just play it like i i just i just put it down like you can't right if you don't have a minion you just you can't do that now of course you know it's it's very good even later on just like how this card is very good later on but this is much more independent than ramming mount ever was and ramming mount i think everybody universally was like oh yeah we have to ban it it was banned not that quickly <laughs> not not as quickly as everyone wanted it to but uh i think as we move on we know what has to be banned so let's just ban mm -hmm. the mage location yeah we've we've gone what We've gone almost a month with this thing. Like, at the absolute latest, at the absolute latest. So first, you got to nerf the offering rate at the very least, um, just for the whole mage pack. And not just location, Deathborn too. Um, but, like, when the rotation happens at the latest, you got to ban it. Got to gotta, gotta, gotta ban this card. Or, or nerf it so it's effectively banned. But at that point, just ban it. Like, I don't know. Um, okay. That's the arena talk. Uh, a little bit of a meta wrap, uh, a meta wrap up. A little bit of talk about tempo, and 
I hope you guys have a good time in this meta, um, or at least an okay time in this meta. It's really a good meta for practicing fundamentals, which is weird to say. I never thought I'd like say that again, uh, that it is a good meta for practicing fundamentals. I thought that arrow was just kind of over in Hearthstone, and then magically we get this meta, where it's just all about tempo. You have to have a very advanced understanding of tempo to make your way through this meta, because it's not just like Yeti, Croc, right, and that they're super important. There's a lot of fancy tempo stuff going on, but most of it is tempo. Like, all the delay tempo stuff, not just on your side, but anticipating your opponent's delay tempo stuff. Like, what I see a lot of people get really frustrated on, and I see it in chat too whenever this happens, is my opponent plays a giant tempo turn. And then chat's like, oh my god, so broken, so whatever. And then, like, the vast majority of times, we win anyway. And then chat's like, oh my god, I can't believe you came back from that. And I'm like, okay, but we come back from this most of the time. Because... Guess what we also have? We also have been saving up our tempo cards. Or we only got ahead because we had been using our tempo cards. And now we have our like big bomb cards that we haven't even spent yet. Like we have resources too. Our opponents have resources. Like let them use it. Whenever our opponent plays something that's either been corrupted or especially that's been infused, I'm generally okay with it. Like that... Um, like those, uh, the Paladin cards, the Druid cards, the Hunter cards that, uh, uh, that you infuse and then you get, like, a, a bunch of big bodies, uh, from. The Warlock card as well, where you just get, like, an extra 3-3 three, three on the board, right? Or, like, you get six more stats for a three, uh, for a three drop that you should. You're like, oh my god, this is freaking crazy. Uh, if they come out on curve, it's kind of hard. But especially if they come out off curve and they have had to work for it by waiting, you can look at it as, oh... They got six more tempo than they should have on this turn. That's a lot. I'm screwed. Or you can look at it as saying they've lost tempo in previous turns. And now they're getting some of that tempo back. If not like getting a bonus on it, right? Because they played it well or they like met the conditions. So instead of them just getting six free tempo because this card is busted. They've probably sacrificed two to three tempo. And now they're getting six tempo four turns later. Like, or like three turns later or whatever. And so the six temp extra temp, all, and all the extra tempo of the card is kind of just worthless. And if you think about it that way, you realize that, I mean, these cards are still really good. But this is not the same as the kind of swings that you're even used to. Because in your head, you're used to swings now where it's like, he played Abyssal Enforcer or a Cycle of Hatred. Your board is gone. He has, a, like, Deathborn, right? Your board is gone. He's got, like, 30 tempo on his side, and uh, you're gonna lose, right? You're used to that. And when that happens, you're like, oh, no, but, like, you're used to it, and you're so used to it, and this kind of thing has been happening really since, I think Abyssal Enforcer was the first one, um, that put a big thing on the board and got rid of your opponent's board. Uh, and you're just so used to it because you've been around the game for so long that you don't think twice about it. But that is way, way bigger of a tempo swing than what seems like a bigger tempo swing now. Because the tempo swings in this meta that happen, your opponent has already worked for it. So, maybe you get less tilted by it. I know it makes me less tilted when I think about what my opponent had to have suffered in order to get there, right? That's also why I don't get that tilted when Ysera comes. Um, especially if it was it's a hard Ysera, like it was just in their deck. I'm like, when did this Ysera get in his hand? Oh, like five turns ago? Okay. I've already got five turns of tempo value on him. Now he gets a Ysera. Fine, right? Like, it's, it's good. He made it to Ysera. He used it. It did stuff. But 
I beat Ysera the vast majority of times that Ysera's dropped on me. I don't even know how many Ysera's I beat that are just stuck in people's hands. Because that's the cost. And the cost comes in all sorts of the temple cost. And you gotta factor that in when you're trying to get tilted or whatever. I don't think it like helps you play the game. Uh, because what matters is what temple they got, right? But it helps you understand the game better. And that should just... And understanding will help you play the game one way or the other, right? Like later on making more nuanced or sophisticated decisions or whatever. But I'm not saying there's like a direct link for like understanding how your opponent got the tempo. And like being able to turn that into more wins like in a very direct way. Uh, but but it, it does help you understand the game at a higher level. Yep. All right, I got that's it for arena. There. Oh yeah. boy, let's oh, talk about boy. battlegrounds. Stuff has happened in battlegrounds. Stuff has happened. Why don't you talk about the upcoming changes to battlegrounds? All right, so guys, look, patch notes are out. There's going to be new heroes. There's going to be new a lot of things in the game but it doesn't matter we're only going to talk about <laughs> one thing okay we're only going to talk about one it's thing the only thing anyone cares about is the only thing people actually care about and that is bgs has gone pay to win you heard that correct that's money, what everybody money. is saying okay so this was announced so, earlier so Merce, this week how much for a legendary gem in bgs to max it 100k easy right oh i mean oh. look pay to win all right look i want to talk about exactly what's going on i want to give my thoughts and i want to talk about the the reaction from others as well because i think a lot of this is very interesting in a few ways mm -hmm. as to what's going on bgs is going to transition from a free-to-play model as in you can use gold to buy the pass in order to get four hero choices to one in which you have to, per season, pay $15. Although it's $15 to buy virtual currency, and then that virtual currency buys the, the thing, the pass. Yeah, um, yeah there's like a little in-between step. In order to get four heroes. If you do not use real money, you cannot get four hero choices. You are stuck with two hero choices. That is the way That's going bad. forward. In, in case you haven't played BGs in a long time, you don't remember how bad it is. Having two hero choices is bad compared to having four hero choices. So, that's it going forward. Um, like, you guys can be unhappy about it. it. It is, for the time being, not going to change from that as expected. So how much is that? That's like... It's forty-five dollars. Oh, wait, it's less than four dollars a month. Uh, it's yeah, because it's forty-five dollars per year. Forty-five dollars per, per year. year. Okay, so yeah. Okay. Yep. Mm -hmm. So it's it's less than a buck per week. Yes, it's less than a buck per week, which is an interesting way to look at it as well, right? But look. People are understandably uh, angry, frustrated. A lot of content creators have spoken out against it. Um, if you go to Bob's Tavern, the subreddit, uh, a lot of people are very angry. <laughs> now, here is something that I think they really, really, really messed up. In that 
the explaining that Blizzard did, if you can call it explanation, um, what they did essentially was say, hey, this isn't about power and we want to minimize, you know, the, like the, the power considerations here and we want to make it more about optionality. Gosh, I wish they didn't say that. No, no, like, what does that mean? Like, okay, I generally understand where developers come from from stuff, having been a developer and just generally, like, I like to see things from all people's point of views. I still don't understand what they mean by what that. What they mean is... they explained is, it a lot, no, too, no, and I like, still don't get it. Because if you look at the context from it, they say, we want to reassure you we are going to keep... And, and because of the extra, you know capital we we are going to focus on balancing such that whatever perceived huge advantage you see it's actually not as bad it's going to be more about optionality now what does this remind you of if any first of all you should just be like wtf second of all Advocta, I'll talk to you for a second. You remember uh -huh. two years ago when we teamed up with PJ and Victor, or 12 wins, mm -hmm. to show Blizzard that four stacking in high MMR yeah. lobbies was extraordinarily unfair. Mm -hmm. And if they had kept we dominated. that... <laughs> Victor dominated. You yeah, okay. Victor dominated. You, you did some interesting did You did some interesting things. I, I still remember that. Uh, that was uh, but even then, Victor gained a ton of MMR. I gained some MMR. I think you gained some. I right? gained some MMR. Yeah, you gained too. some. Like more um, than I would have otherwise without all of us this did. Uh, strat. All of us did. We all, we yeah, all, all of us did. went up. And we purposely, we didn't even funnel stuff to Victor. We played it straight. We didn't funnel. We all we... tried to win. Victor was just much better than us, so clearly he was going to win more. But we, we, didn't we could feed have him. thrown. Yeah, yeah, yeah we yeah. could have we didn't him feed him. and gotten him even more MMR, right? Yep. So what happened then was Blizzard, through TN, put out a post that was like, hey, look, we understand, but the advantage isn't as big as you think it is. It's <laughs> not that big. It's only a few percentage points, which they messed up then, they messed up now, because immediately, you smart listeners out there who are either listening to this live or recorded, you understand it is not about the percentage it is about the difference in power and for blizzard you can't go to a person and say i know what you are thinking is big and trust me you are wrong it is smaller than you think it completely misses the point because it is this game is about eking out those small advantages mm -hmm. right understanding this curve this one role can make a difference. And there are going to be big differences. So even in your scenario where you tighten up all these heroes, you never tighten them up to a point in which it literally doesn't matter. Where, yeah. uh, you know, in certain metas, like a shutter walk has the same win rate as a pyramid, right? No, like, it just, just never happens. Like, I don't understand. That's what I mean when I say I don't understand the post. Because for that logic to actually work, Blizzard has to think that because they have more money, and I don't even know how much more money this is going to bring them, but because of whatever incremental amount of more money this is going to get them, they are now able to achieve near-perfect balance in Battlegrounds that they could not before. And, and, and what was missing on why they couldn't achieve anywhere near perfect balance among its heroes before was, was money. But, like, that is... It's not that that's tone-deaf. It's that... 
if any developer on Hearthstone's uh, Battlegrounds' balance team approved that statement rather than fighting tooth and nail, I don't even mean like passively sat there and says, well, I don't think that really works, but whatever. I mean like fighting tooth and nail to change that statement. If not every single balance developer at Blizzard was doing that, was fighting tooth and nail to change that statement, and they just got overruled by like whatever like publicity team or whatever to like you know say it that way, like they should be fired, because it is your job as a balance developer to one be able to admit that you cannot perfectly balance the game, and two to make sure that nobody thinks you can perfectly balance the game. They didn't, they did, and they didn't just not do that. They went a step further and said, the reason we are charging you more money is that we can now perfectly balance the game. I, I, I just, I, that, that, that's so... Look, um... I have to think... I don't, look, I, I don't that know... That it didn't go through the developers at all, and that this was just what the PR team was doing, and it may have gone through, like, a developer, right? But not like a, a developer that's actually responsible for balance. Because this is just such a stupid, stupid statement. If I, I think it was that's... taken at face value. So you can't take it at face value, right? This is like one of those things where it's like, it's too absurd to have actually been thought out. So it couldn't have been thought out. I think that this is an unfortunate message. Um, and because I don't want to kind of like, take away all of the good things and, and progress that we've seen from just Hearthstone in general. Um, this is, I think, very disappointing, right? This is very disappointing for casual players because, and also, I, I am one of those would-be casual players, like even though I used to be high leaderboard, high legend, whatever, um, I will not come back on a casual basis because I don't want to pay and then not use it right so it's tough for me i i know that my barrier to entry is a lot higher um and at the same time you know for a lot of uh content creators i know are either frustrated or frustrated plus worried about all of this because they know that like uh sort of the, the lifeline and the roots of bgs is getting cut right now mm-hmm. so I'm frustrated with that message. Now, I don't know what the devs had or, or had not, like, like you know, what sort of hand they had in this. Um, I'm sure that a lot of them are having a tough time right now. Mm-hmm. I think that, you know, looking at, okay, I want to go back to a statement you made. You're like, it's less than a dollar per week, right? Yeah. And that's true. And I want to focus on The amount on they're that. charging is so little, by the way. It's so little. It's so little. So we have this kind of clash here. And earlier this week, I don't want to get into all of this drama because we're, we're not like a drama podcast. Uh, also, Hearthstone drama, drama tends to be weird. Drama. But uh, there no, was... Yeah, much to brand news disappointment. I know. We don't talk a lot about drama. But there was discussion between uh, Zeddy and Kibler about BGs becoming pay to win. I don't look. I didn't follow the entire thing. I'm going to summarize it a little bit, not as in what happened, but I think the point that was sort of missed by Zeddy, um, because I feel for Kibler and what he's talking about, and I think Zeddy can be a little overzealous sometimes, just a little bit. 
uh, Kibler brought up this interesting point, which is going to the statement that you made, which is, Mm -hmm. I think we have to be really careful about using the term pay to win because pay to win has been corrupted and tainted by mobile games. Diablo mm-hmm. Immortal, right? Yeah. If we, you... we play Diablo Immortal hardcore. We pay good money for Diablo Immortal. We have very little power relative to people we face in Diablo Immortal. But Diablo Immortal is unashamedly pay-to-win. It is pay-to-win. If you pay $1,000, You your character is definitely more powerful than somebody who didn't pay. If you mm-hmm. paid twenty or 30000 you are way more powerful than the person who paid nothing the person who paid a thousand the person who paid five thousand yes like you are more powerful so and and then diablo immortal still isn't as bad as some other mobile games right some other mobile games are even more pay to win so so by that we mean diablo immortal gives you very little power compared to the money you put in not that diablo immortal doesn't charge you more than the other mobile games diablo immortal charges you way more than other mobile games but the amount of power as a percentage of a free-to-play player that you get based on what you pay is much lower. But they let you pay way more. Yeah, so this is... Well, there are also other games that um, actually, you know, that actually try and succeed in having people sink in like hundreds of hundreds of thousands of dollars. So th- there is that. But the difference... Uh, what kibler was essentially saying is like i think we have to be careful using this term pay to win because this is the lowest payment for Mm -hmm. having access to more power that there basically could possibly be with no additional options to pay for power uh effectively um and he he basically says we should be careful using this term because the term pay to win is anchored down by the diablo immortals the other let's say you know a lot of asian mobile games right um Mm -hmm. it's weighed down a lot by those so we should be careful and if we are talking about a game that is struggling they looked at all of these options i don't love it but you know like the 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 people crunching numbers are like we, we need this actual infusion of cash through this method um Kibor is basically saying, like, this is not pay to win. It is a pay to play. It is a pay yes, sum. It's pay to play. Mm-hmm. Pay a little, actually, to play. And if you play a lot, it is actually really worth it for you. It, in effect, it doesn't affect you. If you at play all. a tiny bit, it is really worth it to you. Like, if you are not totally broke, yes. a dollar a week for a game that you play at all is nothing. It so, is nothing. Economically speaking, and I'm going to be very clear about this. I know there may be people who are really poor out there who are going to be offended by this, but it is nothing. What Blizzard is charging you to play Battlegrounds is effectively $0. You, plus everybody else who's paying the $1 a week, will add up to a good amount of money that Blizzard can use to hire an extra person for some resources or whatever, but you are playing what was a rounding error of nothing. That is the whole plan and the whole pitch behind this. And it was messaged terribly. And also, people in gaming are extremely sensitive about getting charged money for something that they had for free. Even if the amount of money is completely trivial. Even if there's a cap on the amount of money that they can spend on it. So that there is no way anybody can get super powerful. 
Like, what people in Diablo Immortal complain about isn't that they have to pay to play the game, right? What they complain about is that Diablo Immortal is actually pay to win, right? You can pay $30,000 and you will be more powerful than if you pay three hundred. And if you're a Diablo Immortal player, you may think, hey, I'll pay 60 bucks for this game, but I can't. That's not an option. Because if I pay 60, someone pays 30,000, I'm still super, like, weak compared to them, and that's not how I want to play my game, right? It's not fun for me. Like, totally fair. That's what a pay-to-win game, like, is, and that's what it feels like. You have to be okay with it when you sign up for it or for it. Um, that's not Battlegrounds. This is just a payment system. You can think of it as, here's a demo mode where you're just going to be less powerful and we're limiting you, and you can do that for free. But if you want to actually play the game, you got to pay a buck a week. And if this was just how the game is, nobody would say anything about how much they're charging because they are heavily undercharging Battlegrounds. Like, it's not that Battlegrounds could not be cheaper. It's more that they could legitimately charge you like five bucks a week for Battlegrounds and still have a good amount of players. And they're choosing not to do that. Partly probably because they were literally free. And it's hard to make any kind of incremental jump. But um, I don't know why they're not doing that, honestly. Like, I think if I were corporate at Blizzard and I was managing this, I would have charged at least $3 a week, probably $5 a week, easily. And I would have just dealt with the player loss. But maybe that's why I'm not a corporate at Blizzard, right? Maybe that's why that's not my job. Uh, and I make terrible decisions based on it. But what they have decided to do is charge you nothing for the game, but make you pay for it. It's this weird thing that's going to make nobody happy. Uh, and uh, I don't know. I think it's a bad decision, but I also think that... I think Kibler's entirely right. Like, honestly. like Me I, too. I, 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 the backlash against Kibler, like, having, like, I don't know, betrayed the players or doing whatever. Like, I don't know. Maybe everybody really is that poor. But I can't believe it. Like, as a, as a poor, broke student who grew up on free lunches at the age of 14... Like, working, like, you know, odd jobs for, like... And my parents didn't pay for anything. I had to, like, literally buy my own food. Um, I was I had weird parents. Uh, <laughs> like, I had a nice house, but, like, I, I didn't have food. Uh, and Murps can attest to the fact that I did not have food. So... Uh, it, 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 at, at that stage, I could have afforded to play this game. Not if I really wanted to, I could afford to play this game. But I could just afford to play this game without thinking twice about yep. it. Yep. So, now, but I, I, I'm going to stop you for a second. No money. Because you've been going on and on about... The uh remember at the beginning this is not a good idea so yeah. i'm gonna differentiate for a second and this is why we brought it up because i think kibler is a hundred percent right in that the cost of this is basically nothing at the same time because some of you i see in twitch chat have already forgotten we have stayed at the beginning we think this is a terrible idea yeah both statements can be true that is what i think the the community can be missing here because it feels like a lot of people ha are, are thinking that they have to argue. It's like either uh, Kibler is right and this is fine, right? Like the devs uh, are, are and by sorry, not the devs. Whoever made this decision is doing yeah. the right thing. Or you have to argue that like, man, Kibler, you're, you're an effing sell. I have seen the replies that Kibler has gotten. People, it's, people it's actually ridiculous. People are killing him. No, it, people are killing him. It's ridiculous. Oh my God. But I think he is a hundred percent right in that mm -hmm. there is there should be a differentiation. You should also be thinking it of it in a different way, but that can still make this decision, in my opinion, a terrible decision. Sure. So let's let's put down the pitchforks for a second because I'm gonna face you, you went on way too long about like 
uh, a lot of this stuff. No, because I don't care. about It's totally separate for me because it's illogical to connect the two, whether it's a terrible corporate decision or whether it's a good, it's a, it's a fair or like, okay. Or like, I don't know, like not, uh, what do they keep using for Diablo Immortal? Um, what was that word? It's a terrible word. What? Um, it's the word that people keep using to describe... It's a meaningless word that they use to describe Diablo Immortal's monetization system a lot. I'm struggling to, like, think of it. It's, like, evil, but but not evil. What, it's predatory? Like a word. Yeah, predatory, that word. Like, this is just so far... Like, this is... Well, this is not... Clearly, the Hearthstone uh, Battlegrounds is not predatory. You can't, like, spend more than $5 for every four months. Like, you're not predating on anything the way an actual pay-to-win game can do that but it just it triggers people in this very very weird way associated with money and i think that's entirely separate from whether it's a good decision to go to this pricing model or not right because whether it's a good decision to go to a pricing model really a lot of it is well how much money can you get from it right if you get a lot of money from it then it's a good pricing model if you get a lot of money from it and retain players, then it's an even better pricing model, right? But number one for doing a pricing model is, is how, how much money you're going to get. So was it a good decision? Well, obviously not, because they're not going to get a lot of money from it, and they're going to lose a ton of players. Like, it's obviously a terrible thing. But who determines whether it's terrible? It's not math that determined it's terrible. Math-wise, it was probably really good. What determined it was terrible is public sentiment and how people do it, right? So... I don't want to talk about that side for me, right? Because, one, I don't understand people probably on, on that level. Uh, but also, too, people are wrong. And uh, we can talk about, like, like I, even I understood that was a terrible model before, like, even I saw any reactions. I'm just like, this is silly. Um, and, and I could predict what the reaction was, which makes it a really terrible model if I could even do that. But setting that aside, I really want to focus on, like, why people care. Like, I see someone in chat's like, well, you could end up paying $150 for it if you play the game for five years. Okay. Why are you not willing to pay $150 for a game you played for five years? Why, why is that so weird? Why is video games the thing that we love the most? I literally decided to move to this country at the age of eight, seven, eight, because of video games. Like, that's how important video games is, is to me. And, I, you know, this is, like, I choose to do the stream well, and the podcast and whatever. You wished. I, I you wished. You, you like... No, uh, no, no, no. I had the choice. I was given the choice in the divorce of where I was going to be. And I cho literally chose this country because I had better video games. And it wasn't even American video games, right? It was Japanese video games that China didn't have access to at the time. Uh, at the same pace that America had access to. But that's a whole other story. My point is, that's how important video games is to me and my life. And I get that not everybody is at this level of commitment to video games. But we're all listening to this podcast and we're all like playing Hearthstone because we like Hearthstone. Because we like video games. So even if you don't love video games that way, why do people insist on paying video games on an hour per entertainment basis at pennies to what they pay for other entertainment? I don't understand that. Like, I understand it if you don't really like video games. If you're like, oh, this is okay, but, you know, I really prefer to watch a movie. Um, movies are my thing. Video games are just like a kind of a side thing. Like, fine, you know, you shouldn't pay as much for a video game as a movie. Uh, you shouldn't even pay close to it, maybe. I don't know. I, I, I'm not that person, right? It's hard for me to, like, put myself in the shoes of someone who likes movies that much more than video games. Because one is interactive. And anyway, my point is, I mean, I believe both are art, you know, all that. But 
My point is, for a bunch of video game fanatics, video game addicts, video game connoisseurs and appreciators, people struggle to pay basic things, like a buck an hour for their entertainment. Or in this case, like a cent an hour. Eh, more than a cent, maybe like ten cents an hour uh, for, for, for their entertainment. And they're like, I cannot pay. This is immoral even, right? Or like Blizzard's gone off the deep end if they expect me to pay 10 cents an hour for my entertainment. This is silly. This is so terrible. Like, why would a company ever do this? How greedy are you that you will charge 10 cents an hour to entertain me? Like, that you will take 10 cents from me every single freaking hour that I play this game. That's uh, unbelievable. Like, we should have laws to make sure you can't do that. I'm going to tell all my friends that they should not do this too. Because this is just a terrible, terrible thing that you're doing here. Like, it becomes a moral, ethical, identity-based... Like, you don't get this fiery if someone's trying to give you a bad deal, right? You just go like, okay, no. <laughs> Moving on, right? Like, you get offer bad deals every day. Uh, there's a million things you could be doing. You're not doing a lot of them because they're not worth it to you money-wise. Like, frankly, like, assuming you have any kind of budget you're not filthy rich... Um, like, this is, but, but, but when it comes to video games, this is really weird dynamic. And I think it has to be something, like, historical with the development of video games. Because it is not math. It is not economics. The math and the economics, one bajillion percent favor Blizzard's model. In fact, Blizzard's charging way too little. So all it is, is feelings. And it is illogical feelings. And it is not like a rich person versus poor person thing either. Blizzard's charged the least amount absolutely possible. This is just a, I feel weird if I have to pay money for video games, especially on a subscription basis, and even more if it's on an endless actual pay-to-win basis like Diablo Immortal, right? Um, and, and, and that's just a illogical feeling. That's my position. I think that is just people whose feelings are out of touch with logic, and their feelings, objectively speaking, are wrong. I'm not saying they don't feel it. I'm saying they're wrong. And they're getting in the way of their own fun. Because they're going to go out now and spend more money on something that's less fun. Rather than spend less money on something that's more fun. And that's just them harming themselves. And that's why it's illogical. Okay. Uh, now that you are done with... You spent way too much time just doing your examples. Uh, I'm going to completely disagree with one aspect of what you're saying. I don't think it's illogical. Because I don't think... So, first of all, you don't follow the BG scene at all, right? Like, no. at all, at all, right? No, no, no. So, you thinking that it is illogical, I understand why you think that. I think that the the response here, taking out the part about people attacking Kibler, because I think mm -hmm. that is unreasonable, I think people having this very strong feeling against it... Um, you need to not look at it, in my opinion, like them responding to, oh, you have to pay $45 a year slash less than a dollar a week for content that you enjoy. It This is just another stepping stone, although a very big one, in a worrisome decline that they see from a game mode that they right, really like. Right, so the slippery like. slope argument. It's not just the slippery slope. They see this as as a death blow of a sort for for not just them but for what the game could be it, like you know could be they see it as what could the game be wait, wait what did you just say what could the game be 
He said it's a death blow for what the game could be. What it could be is growing, better player base. Like, uh, they see it, whether it'll happen or not, because okay, let's so face it's it, we don't know. So the player base is declining because people are illogical. And because people are illogical, the player base is going to decline. And so it's a bad decision. Like, it, so you can't charge people money because people will illogically not. So everything no, no, I say stands. No, 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 no. You're just agreeing well, with no, no, no. me. No, no, no. Why is it illogical that people are illogical? People you can't change people being saying... illogical. And so you have to take that into account no, in your no, decisions, well, uh, which I agree with. No. Why are people illogical in assuming that this will hurt the player base and hurt the momentum no of i'm not saying they're illogical in doing that i'm saying but the reason it hurts the player base is because those players are illogical so i'm i need to position myself based on how other people will react but it's still based on other people being illogical is how they react right like if other people aren't willing to pay a buck uh, uh look you're saying the player base will decline because people will not pay a buck a week for this game uh i've established that paying a buck a week for this game, not not playing just because uh, you're going to have to pay a buck a week for this game is illogical. So you're saying, I could be totally logical and feel like this is bad for the game and this is the death of the game because I know other people, lots of other people, the majority of other people are going to be illogical in their analysis no. and that's going to cause actual logical harm to this game. Okay, first of all, you literally made no sense. You, you no, I made perfect. That's, that's, what you're, that's your argument. You're, you're saying people will leave the game, right? That's why it's bad for the player base, right? And you're saying the reason this is bad is because yeah. it's bad for the player game and it'll hurt the game's growth. The game's growth being tied to the player base, the player base leaving because they don't want to pay this $1. There are obviously going to be some illogical people in everything that is humanity, right? There are logical people who still want those illogical people to stick around yes. because that strengthens I, I, I the totally game. I totally agree, yes. So yes, if your argument is it affects some logical people in here, yes, everything affects some illogical people in everything because there are always going to be illogical people. What I'm saying is the people who are leaving are the illogical people. So me being a logical person sees that the game will decline because the illogical people will Those illogical people still watch Twitch, pay money to play it, are opponents... So you yeah. basically saying like, well, we don't give a shit about... No, everybody I, should. I didn't say we don't give a shit about it. When did I say we don't give a shit about it? That's you putting words in my mouth. Okay. I never said Go we on. don't care about the illogical people. I'm saying, you're saying the illogical people will leave. That's going to cause a decline in the game, like an objective decline in the game that is real, right? I'm agreeing with you. Mm-hmm. It's a real decline in the game. And so me being a logical person, look at this and say the game's going to be worse, Right. Yeah. That's your death of the game thing. Yeah. Okay. What I'm saying is all this still stems from the fact that a large portion of the player base, if not the majority, I would assume the majority, the vast majority, like 85% plus, being illogical about this money thing. That's still the root of it. Because if that were not the case, then the people don't leave in anywhere near that numbers and the game is, you know, maybe a little hurt or maybe more or less fine. And then the logical people will still stay, right? But instead, it's a whole trickle-down effect that stems from the fact that the vast majority of people are super illogical about paying a buck. You are also, I think, too easy to put it in either a logical or illogical bucket. Take me, for example. Um, For me, it was an on-the-fence kind of thing, right? I will never gain the momentum to play now. I don't want to pay $15 just to test it, right? And if your response is, well, just test it with two heroes. No, that's terrible. Because my initial ramp up experience sucks. So I never get that anymore, 
right? right. I mean, that's why I, mean, I don't I don't play battleground. I don't test battlegrounds anymore for that exact same reason. But that's because I don't want to give two thousand of my like you know eight hundred thousand of gold. Um, that's too much for me. That's the sure. same ramp up that you're talking about. You're just talking about fifteen dollars. I'm talking about two thousand gold. Um, right. So I get it. I, I I fully get it. I just like, but that's so it's not a bucket thing. It's it's a scale. Sure, but that, right? that has but that has nothing. Gold, the money. It is now too much for me. I never built ramp up. If I never play those initial games, I don't know if this meta is fun or not for me, uh, and I don't keep playing. Right, and then players in my situation don't watch Twitch. They do not share to yeah. Let's, okay, yeah. So so you have so so now you have you you created a split now between uh, what I'm going to call Hearthstone. I'm going to call players. I'm not even going to call them grinders. Hearthstone players, right? People who can get 2,000 gold versus people who have $15, right? You've created a split in that where you're saying you're someone who doesn't have $15, but you are someone who has 2,000 gold. And you're not valuing them at anywhere near the same exchange, right? Because you will join for 2,000 gold because you're going to only play with four players, with four options, of course, not two options. So you're going to pay the 2,000 gold. Because um, I don't use gold at, because a lot of BG players, just like arena players, don't use gold. Yeah. yeah. And they yeah, only yeah, use exactly. it for what they use, right? But how do they how do they get the gold? Yeah, they play. They play they, the they game. They play the game, right? Yeah. So like people who play the game can generate enough gold and then they will continue to play the game. Yes. So what Blizzard has effectively done is up the price and made it so that you can't grind to win. This is the same like this is like a micro scale of that Diablo Immortal argument that happens all the time between uh, grinders and, uh, and and payers where there's some fundamental difference that apparently happens when and and gamers get really sensitive about this when it happens right i see chat uh when any amount of grinding which is time and time is money but people don't see it that way uh when any amount of playing and grinding is replaced by forcing you to pay any amount of money even if the money is very little right like we're not talking about the actual pay to win games or thousands of dollars or whatever we're talking here about money that literally every person even broke people can afford um there's that fundamental difference that changes where money is not time. Except and I'm that arguing the grinding that logically money in is time. this scenario is just you playing the game. Like, it's just you doing what you are going to do. It's not extra grinding. It is you doing what you are going to do, which is you wanting to play the game mode. Okay, extra but that wasn't grinding, the case before. But that, that's only been the case for like a, a little bit of time. Before, you wouldn't get any gold whatsoever by playing Battlegrounds. What? Like, uh, until they put the battle pass in, you would not get any gold from playing Battlegrounds. For, like, the longest time, you got nothing from playing Battlegrounds. We've had the battle pass for, like, forever now. Uh, okay. Uh, but what I'm saying, like, for a period of time, right, when people were still playing Battlegrounds, you just, like, you could put 2,000 in, right, to get your, your thing, but then you just it's just a payment, right, of gold. Huh. Uh, right like that yeah. that was a, a decent stretch of time in battlegrounds history and no one had a problem with it i mean like nobody had a problem with it i don't mean like some people had a problem with it but most people don't have a problem with it literally nobody had a problem with that this is the same exact thing except instead of gold we're using money and now most people have a problem with it i want to say or at least a very large percentage of vocal people but i think really like most people have a problem with it um and it's not just because blizzard had the worst explanation that made no sense whatsoever like it's because fundamentally they just don't agree with this they just don't like this right it like triggers them in the wrong way it rubs them in the wrong way it touches them in the wrong way it makes them feel bad and that 
I think is an illogical way that people have with their relationship with money and video games. And maybe it's just a relationship with money, but I think it's very specific, or like at least amplified by their relationship with money and video games. Uh, maybe they like this with all kinds of money in their life, but I think it, it, it triggers more amplified when it happens to be video games. Um, and I'm just saying, like, maybe it's because people play video games when they're little, right? And they have no money. And now that they have to pay money, like, it, it just, as long as it's not in the model that they're used to growing up, it, like, feels weird. And it, like, ruins some of, like, that nostalgia or immersion or something that they like about the game. But it's something that's feelings-based. It's not something that's that's tangible. Because your barrier of entry argument, I totally buy. Cause, but, but I feel it with gold. And the only difference between gold and money is time. So... Here, here's where I think you are kind of missing the point because it is not just a they had this now it's being taken away and the money is very little and these people by your words illogically uh, do not want to pay this this very little amount of money which we agree with it is very little um, I think that this is something that really captures the decline and the fear from the uh, bg audience and you see it in the past many months if not like more than a year in terms of content in terms of balance in terms of holy shit tft is doing super well bgs isn't doing that well i know a lot of streamers are a little bit worried about the future bgs as well they try to make a competitive bgs lobbying legends mm -hmm. there are some complaints about that mm -hmm. uh whether it is the format of it whether it is the length of it whether it is currently enough to kind of show um who is actually the best which is always a problem with hearthstone but this decision i think people you know, like it's never always. It's never like a oh, we will complain exactly the proportion of something that has happened, right? It is, you know, some things capture it more, but I don't think that this is capturing it from nothingness, from illogical. Oh, it must be from when they were young and like how they were used to games. I think there is a lot here based on what has been happening and how BGs has been declining for a long time. So. But that's okay so so you're saying they're angry not because uh they're being charged a dollar they're angry at bgs in general and they don't want to be charged a dollar while bgs is going poorly i think that's a lot of it yes okay that's fine but then that has very little to do with the money and i don't fully buy that because you could do a lot of crap with bgs and you wouldn't get this reaction if you aren't charging people a buck do you do you do you, do you buy that argument what argument Oh, uh, sorry. Do you, do you buy this? Uh, do, you, do you think I'm right in that you could do a lot of bad things to BG and people will complain significantly less loudly if you don't charge them a buck? Yeah, I agree with that. Yeah. So that's what I'm saying. The, the amplifying, right? Like, you're not amplifying from nothing, right? Uh, a thousand times zero is still zero. You're amplifying something. But the amplification, the illogical amplification is the money. Like, it's you're saying it's never one-to-one -one proportion, it's all built up. I'm saying it's not even that it's all built up. Let's say you built up 50 points of things you're disappointed on. Uh, you may complain 50, you may complain 100, but if you charge me a buck, you're gonna complain 5,000. That's what I'm saying. And I think what this, what it is though, is it's charging anything while the game is in such a some people might disagree. Some people might say it's not enough, but like 
while it is in stagnation, decline, however you want to call it, um, they see it as a point of no return. It, it, not like, oh, I mean, it'll never go back. It is a, oh man, um, we're declining. They are putting up this model. If you also look at games in history, like when this stuff happens, this isn't like the best of, of signs. Yeah, I mean, it's definitely not the best of signs because it's the game company saying, hey, we need money. <laughs> Which means things aren't going well. You think things are going poorly on the game development side in terms of like what they're putting out? If they're coming to you and saying, hey, we need more money to run our game, things are not going well up in corporate either. People are like, oh, Blizzard's making so much money, making so much whatever. This is not the sign of confidence from Blizzard. Not just in their product, but it's not a confident sign in their business model in general. Like, you don't hear this at all with Diablo Immortal, by the way, from Blizzard. Diablo Immortal, Blizzard has a very confident business model. It is not even making them as much money as they thought it would. But the business model is just that good. So every time they speak, it's in defense of the business model. It gives a little to the players, but the main core of the business model stays intact. They defend it. They're not really expanding too much upon it yet. They're going with it. Um, and the, the Diablo Immortal business model is not like just a normal gotcha pay-to-win mobile game business model. They like do some weird tweaks to it. And they're very like confident about it, at least so far. Uh, and you don't get that from like that's not what you like. If this were the case with the Hearthstone business model, none of this would be happening. None, none of this would be happening, and that's because the Hearthstone model, the Hearthstone business model, which was a good business model eight years ago, is a terrible business model today. So they have to do something, and the strategy they went with is to do the smallest things possible from an economic perspective, while creating the biggest sea change because if they just came out here and instead of charging 15 bucks or whatever they said we're going to charge you 60 bucks it's not going to be four times the amount of outrage it's going to be like plus 50 percent the amount of outrage at most and they would get a lot more money because there's probably not that many people that are willing to pay a buck but not willing to pay three or four you for, know what for this game uh our listeners out there should should be glad you're not making those decisions for for those of you who are who are like uh, you know what i'm still happy to pay the 15 dollars. be glad you're not paying 60 uh but that's where we stand right now bg's is at a crossroads i think a lot of people are worried they were worried and this just makes them even more worried right um because mm-hmm. BGs is one of those things as well where, uh, and I think part of the the worry is that your personal enjoyment of BGs is also contingent on a lot of other people tryharding and enjoying BGs, even if you are not with the, like, if a lot of the stuff doesn't affect you, it's kind of like an MMO. You want to be on a healthy server. Now, most of the time, 99.99999% of the server doesn't interact with you, right? Nothing, nothing touches you. Um, it's just you with some NPCs and then maybe like some other players that you're partying with or whatever. And for BGs, it's the people that you're facing right now. 
the people that are like close to your MMR that you might be like competing with. Um, but you do need a strong ecosystem there. That's the only way that this works. I, and it's part of the reason that like Artifact died, right? Artifact died and plummeted because it didn't have the player base and then everybody left, like mm-hmm. just, just dropped. So it's an interesting conversation that we're having because, and what happened this week I think is really interesting because where I fell on it is I think at the end of the day, this is super disappointing. It's unfortunate, but I think Brian Kibler is a hundred percent correct in that it can be true. Uh, like that this is a very fair amount of money if you break it down but it I don't is think also this is fair i think they should pay more sure um you know what i mean when i say fair it is a very fair amount of money to pay for something that can give you that much entertainment but y- and and still at the end of the day universally a lot of people see this as a bad decision mm-hmm. and i think those two ideas can can jive like they are yeah. they can both be i think true. they're both true yeah i think they are both true i think they're 100 percent both true yeah uh and that's just because people are being the, 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 the people who love video games and their treatment of video games is is terrible like and it's just it's sad it's sad as someone who loves video games to see how other people who love video games treat video games um like it's one thing to be annoyed at Diablo Immortal, which is literally a pay-to-win game, uh, because that's a different type of game, right? Like the payment structure actually affects every part of the game. Like if you don't want to play a pay-to-win game, you're not going to enjoy playing a pay-to-win game. Like it's a different kind of game, and they just basically made a Diablo game that was not for you and that you will not enjoy. So, like I, I understand, you know, people opting out of that experience and or being mad that they spent resources on a game that you know most people could never play and enjoy. Like, I get that. But charging a buck a week to play your game? Being annoyed at that? Just take a good look at yourself in the mirror and say, do I actually enjoy this game? Maybe you don't. Like, it it is entirely possible you don't actually enjoy this game. But if you do, I don't care if it's two bucks an hour. I mean, an hour. I don't care if it's two bucks a week. I don't even really care if it's two bucks an hour. Um, But... Two bucks a week, three bucks a week, four bucks a week, five bucks a week? Are any of those unreasonable amounts to charge? I'm not saying would any of them cause a max exodus of 99% of the player base. I think all of them would cause a mass exodus of some sort. And the more that you charge, the more the player base will leave, obviously. But I'm saying are any of them unreasonable? I don't want to talk about fairness. I don't know how you talk about fairness in capitalism. Um, But are any of them an unreasonable amount for a consumer to pay for entertainment? And the answer is no. That's the objective answer. The objective answer is no. It is not unreasonable for you to pay a buck a week, five bucks a week, if you play the game any amount, right? Like maybe if you're super casual and you pick up the game like once a week and play an hour, you know, five bucks isn't worth it, fine. Um, maybe even one bo- a dollar isn't worth it to you, maybe. But if you're a regular-ish player, they went with under a buck a week. Come on. Come on. This is not this is not about money in terms of the dollar amount. This is about money as a concept. And I disagree with money as a concept. I think money is just a number, just like time, and I think they're all interchangeable. But people value money as a concept. And that's illogical. 
And I will, like, and I think I'm just 100% objectively right about this. And everything else that we're layering in is just fancier and fancier ways of saying feelings. All right. Anyways, Um, that's that. Um, I am definitely worried about BGs. Uh, I mean, I'm worried about BGs too, but, like, not because of the money thing. I mean, I'm worried about that too and that that's... It's, a t- it's just the messaging and even beyond the messaging just that decision to only charge like $15 for a thing but to charge at all like that's it's a terrible intersection of the worst things you could do right like if you're gonna make it money only at least charge a lot the people that pay are gonna pay if you uh if you're not like oh, more importantly if you know that all your player base is going to leave maybe don't try to hard charge the money like, as you have been doing in the past because you've clearly thought this through before you came to a decision and now things are so desperately bad that you had to pull this move out that you know they had to have known this was going to be taken poorly like really poorly I just it's bad it's bad for BGs right now I, I don't disagree with that at all uh, someone in chat keeps asking me repeatedly and so I'll actually answer this even though I normally don't answer questions directly from chat on the Lifeforge podcast how much would you still play Arena for if they charged you and my answer is probably like how much are they charging for a run right now like two three dollars that seems fine five dollars seems fine 20 maybe too much um but below that i would uh i I think that's i would still pay it but but arena runs for me go longer than for most people right so i'm looking at it as a per hour kind of entertainment thing an arena run for me i take forever to draft i play whatever it's usually like two or three hours and how much do I pay for two to three hours of entertainment? I pay at least ten bucks. Maybe not twenty. I like Arena a lot though, so maybe twenty. So you're not gonna price me out with any reasonable pricing. It would have to be a pay-to-win system to price me out, right? Like I enjoy Diablo Immortal a lot too. I'm not dropping a thousand bucks in the game. Definitely not dropping ten thousand bucks. Um, but you want to charge me a buck an hour for Diablo Immortal? Sure. You know, I'll go five bucks an hour. Uh, I haven't put anywhere near that much money in, but if they wanted to actually charge me that to play the game. And that is because, one, I actually have disposable income. I am not broke. Uh, And two is just how much you pay for entertainment. That's a reasonable amount to pay for entertainment that you really enjoy. And that is the amount that you pay for a lot of other entertainment. And you just don't do it for video games. And for me, I love video games at least twice as much as I love the next form of entertainment. Someone in chat saying Aruk does not understanding the average HS player. I'm not talking about the average HS player. This was a personal question directed to me that I'm answering personally of how much I would pay to play the arena. Like, I'm, this is not like, I think people will run for the hills if you charge even one cent because people are extremely illogical with money in video games. That was my whole rant. Like, I don't know, like, you, you, gotta, you gotta listen. I've, I've, I'm actually repeating myself a lot too. So you don't even have to listen for it to every word. It's like every three words and you'll get the idea. Uh, Like, I think if you charge a cent per arena run, the percent of people playing arena, which is really low already, is going to plummet by at least 75%. I strongly believe that that is a fact. I also think that in no world would it be unreasonable to charge people one cent to play the arena. And that those 75% of the people that currently play arena that will be turned away by being charged one cent are completely illogical. And I think you see this at BG's pretty well, right? Because you're being charged a dollar a week. Um, and the reaction's been terrible. Like, just more and more proof in my book 
that video games players and money are just, they do not mix well. They are extremely illogical and it's just a terrible consumer base to have if you're in that business. Because the Diablo Immortal hate was huge, but at least Diablo Immortal was pushing the envelope as much as it can, right? Like, if you're talking slippery slope, I don't even think Diablo Immortal is that much of a slippery slope because it's not like inventing new stuff. But yeah, it is pushing the amount that you can spend on a game that is a major release. It is. With Battlegrounds? Oh my god. You are moving the smallest increment, as Kibler put it. And the reaction is not as bad as Diablo Immortal, but way closer to that than uh, that, that should be. That's it for this week. Thank you for listening. Whatever your thoughts are, feel free to share. Thank you. All right. Uh, we will uh, we'll be back next week to talk more stuff. Hopefully there's some more changes that happens. I'm not too confident that that's going to happen, um, but we'll, we'll see. Um, hopefully there'll, there'll be an adjustment. Um, the game could definitely benefit from one in the, uh, in the arena, um, and it wouldn't be like a hard thing to do. So I, I don't know one more data they need or one more reactions. Universally hating the mage location and uh, Deathborn. Universal hatred. No one likes it. Like, why? Why? Why is this still around? It's also the top class. Come on. Make a change. All right. Until next week, this is Abukta. This is Murps. See you guys. Enjoying the Light Forge? For the full rundown on Hearthstone Arena draft strategy, card review, and arena gameplay, follow us on YouTube, Twitter, or twitch.tv at ADWCTA. Support the podcast by sharing us with your friends and family, or become a patron at patreon.com slash grinning goat. Thank you for tuning in, and see you next week.